Okay, you know, it's a new day. I've been here nearly 16 years, but it's a new day. See, that's what the Lord's about, isn't it? Sometimes we settle into things. It's a new day. God wants to do new things. And uh, I just am excited about what God is trying to work out and put out and make happen. And obviously God's beginning to speak that. I was uh, um, just fascinated by the fact that uh, all this stuff is about seeing and seeing and seeing. And um, this morning we want to talk about focus, which is one of the words we want to kind of bring out. If you've got your Bibles, come with me to John, John's Gospel, chapter 21. I haven't got time to read the whole passage, but if you just join with me in um, uh, verse 18 or 17. Verse 17, uh, 18. Very truly, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you didn't want to go. Jesus said that to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Amen. What a great passage of scripture. What an amazing little verse. Uh, uh, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Well, actually, it's quite a lot, isn't it? Because he's just told me that I'm going to be taken where I don't want to go, Peter. He's just told him he's going to be taken where he doesn't want to go, and he's going to die a death that he doesn't want to die. Amen. Who wants that word from the Lord this morning? Not too many in the house. He's just been told that, and so he turns around, and naturally, he says, what, what, what about him? It's a good question, isn't it? What about him? Have you ever found yourself saying to the Lord, I don't want to preach my sermon. Have you ever found yourself saying to the Lord, well, what about him? How about them? Why couldn't this happen to them? Why do they seem to have it easy, and my life sucks? Anybody? Why is it that they don't have to walk through the river that I'm walking through up to my chin? Why is it that they seem to have a better time of it? And you can understand it. And, and, and Peter is like, well, you've just told me my life doesn't look great. Please tell me someone else's life doesn't look better. See, we can think like that, can't we? And here comes the Lord to him and he says, what is that to you? If I want him to remain alive, he says, if I want him to live forever and to have, you know, skip through the daisies for the rest of his life, what's that to you, Peter. You've got to follow me, haven't you? See, there's the, there's the thing, friends. We have to follow Jesus. See, it's great to come together and be together as the people of God, but how many of you know the person sitting beside you is not going to follow Jesus for you tomorrow? You've got to follow him. They can encourage you along the way for sure, or they can discourage you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that happens too, doesn't it? Just me, huh? Or you can decide, actually, you know what, Lord? I, I, it doesn't really matter what happens. What matters, Lord, is that I'm following you. What matters, Lord, is that I'm committed to you. And so I want to talk about focusing on him. Because, you know, if we're going to transform our world, which is the series we have, and you've got the little card on your thing about, which is a lovely picture. Oh, it's up here. Um, focus on him. I love that. It was a picture of me just going through the mountains a few <laughs> weeks ago. And... Uh, Honestly, you lot are very discouraging on a Sunday morning. Um, And it's just a picture of, you know, actually, we've got to focus on someone. 
We've got to focus on something to keep us going through life. If we're going to change our world, if we're going to transform the world around us, then we have to say, well, you know what? We've got to focus on the right thing to do that because there are lots of things that will take our focus off the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we've got to make a decision that we're going to focus clearly and say, I'm transforming the world. I'm living out my faith every day by what I do. I'm seeking to impact God by who I am and what I do. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Wow, what a verse. Whatever you do, doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter when you do it, it doesn't matter how you do it. What it says is, I can do this for the glory of God. You can do the most mundane things for God's glory. Do you know that? You can serve him with a pure heart and you can be overlooked by everybody, but the king of kings is rejoicing because you're doing it for him and for his glory. Because you're doing it with a spirit that brings honor and glory to him and brings praise to his name. And you know, in this... uh, Focusing on him in this, in this complex world where everything is so uh, demanding, where everybody has so little time, where everybody is so busy, where everybody fits things in. You know, nobody just, uh, uh, you know, if you talk to everybody, if you look at everybody's diary, nobody just does one thing anymore, do they, on a day? They do 15. So I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And then we all wondered why we're exhausted and have no energy and no real devotion to anything. Ooh. It slipped out. Because we're trying to do so many things. Remember the words to Martha and Mary. Martha, Martha, you are concerned about many things. But only one thing really matters. I don't know, but sometimes I think if the Lord Jesus was here, he would say that to us, don't you? You are concerned about many things, but only one thing matters. And then he says this, Mary has chosen the better part. He says, can't you perceive it? Can't you perceive what Mary's done? Can't you see it that actually some of the choices that you've made to do things today aren't that important, but actually Mary's decided this is the most important thing I can do today. And so we need to live with a, with a sense of that, with a sense of focusing on the Lord, with a sense of it, see, I am doing a new thing. How many of us, see, how many of us can see a new thing until it really springs up? See, how many of you know when it springs up, it's not a new thing? It's already been designed and created and planted and nurtured and and invested. When it springs up, it's just something that you've begun to notice. It's already been there. See, when the plants go up, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, Rachel in uh, in the Hope Center, she started to make... um, uh, I don't know what they were called, lawn heads. Where's Sarah Cogden? She'll tell me, oh, she's around somewhere. Oh, yeah, there you are. I can't see for seeing. Um, And she made these little things with... uh, She cut up a whole lot of tights and put grass seed in them. Grass heads or something, are they? And then she let them grow. And I'm like, what are you doing? What is this ridiculous waste of time? She said, you wait and see. It's going to look great. And she put faces on them on the outside. And all of a sudden, about three days later, this green thing started to come out the top of their heads. They grew grass. They were grass heads already. It's just I didn't see it. I couldn't perceive it. I'm thinking, stop wasting your time, stupid girl. Get on with work. And then she came and put one on my desk. Grass head. Oh yeah, it is a grass head. It's grown. Something's come out of it. Why? Because I couldn't perceive it. Friends, how many of you know God wants you to perceive what he's doing in this world? You know what? So many of us fail to see what God's doing in the world. We only really think about the sphere of our lives and that's part of the problem. Because God's plan for the world is bigger than you. God's purpose for the world is bigger than you. You know what? Bible says if you seek first his purpose and his kingdom, everything that you run after will get taken care of. That's what it says, isn't it? Or am I misquoting? So come on, church, why do we spend so much time worrying about all the other stuff and not about the kingdom? 
Not many amens in the house today. Come on. We've got to understand it. See, he's doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Isn't it awful when God does a new thing and you don't perceive it? Has there ever been a work of God that has, well, in fact, there's probably never been a work of God when half the church hasn't been left behind going, that's not God. My dad, my granddad got thrown out of his church because all of a sudden the Holy Spirit started to work in his life and he started to speak in tongues. That's not God. Get out. Man, we've had church splits over everything, haven't we? Oh, don't like that paint. (laughs) For those of you visiting, we've just painted. It's not everybody's choice. We have splits over everything. Why? Because our focus goes under so many other ridiculous things and we don't focus on following Jesus. Because we're not saying, you know what, I'm taking hold of him. I'm pressing on for him. I'm living for him. I'm all about him. See, that's what it means to follow him, isn't it? Come on, church. You can say, that's great preaching today, Dave. That's fine. I don't mind. So what does it mean to focus on him? See, in the busyness of family life, Jesus says, follow me. In the complexity of commercial life, Jesus says, follow me. In the whatever students do life, follow me. I'm only joking, all right. In the busyness of church life, follow me. The call is across all of our lives. We're called to take hold of him and follow him and live up to him. And this moment, this moment of interaction between Jesus and Peter, which kind of exposes stuff, just just reminds us that actually Peter has to follow Jesus regardless of what has happened. He's got to get his focus right. He's got to see beyond the circumstances that are around him. And I just want to bring out, just from this little thing about focusing on him, just, just what matters to us today. We need to focus on him because it's easy to get distracted. What about him, he says. Come on, folks. It's easy to get distracted, isn't it, from following Jesus? What about me, Lord? Why has this happened, Lord? What are you going to do about that, Lord? And in the middle of that, Jesus just keeps saying, what is that to you? You follow me? See, I sometimes think Jesus is being really unfair to Peter, don't you? I mean, he's just said to him, can you imagine if I said, you know, okay, I'm just going to change your roles here. You're becoming the janitor, bless you, media manager. You're becoming the assistant pastor. And he goes, well, that's a bit unfair. I'll say, what is it to you? Just get on with it. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus has just said to Peter, you know, Peter, the lead disciple who's been there with Jesus through everything. Actually, Peter, if you're going to die, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. That's tough, isn't it? Shall we dance? <laughs> we've got to recognize that actually sometimes we've got to, we can get so easily distracted. Lord, I, 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 know, I know, Lord, this is important to you, but actually this is important to me, Lord. What's going to happen? And we hear the Lord say, what is that to you? You follow me. I just want to say to you, what distracts you from your focus on Jesus today?
What distracts you from your focus on following him? What distracts you from, from all the things? See, that's why we have to say, I'm going to open my eyes. I'm going to fix my eyes upon Jesus today. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. I'm pushing on towards you. I'm taking hold of who you are. I'm seeking to live in the, in the fulfillment of what you've called me to be. Following Jesus is a personal response. Remember Peter walking on the water. And it says he was walking on the water towards Jesus. He said, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come to me. And so he got off the boat and he started walking towards him, looking at the Lord. And then it says he began to look at the waves and started to sink. We all know what that feels like, don't we? Lord, I'm following you. Only the waves and the wind are beginning to take my attention away. Lord, where are you? The Lord hadn't moved. He was right there, but he had got distracted. Friends, we need to recognize that there's a a challenge for our attention, for our focus. That you see, what you focus on brings you clarity. What you focus on helps you move. And so we have to understand it. You know what? Sometimes, you know, and, and sometimes the reason why other people seem to skip through life, can I be honest, is sometimes their focus is different to yours. Is that even in the midst of hell breaking out against them, They say, you know what? My hope is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He does not slumber or sleep, but he watches over me. Wow, that's focus, isn't it? And all of a sudden, it's not about whether it's working out for them. It's about, hey, my hope is in the Lord. I'm looking at him. I've got my eyes fixed on him and what he wants to do for me and in my situation. We've got to be careful because distractions come in all ways for people. Paul talks about Demas, poor old Demas, because he loved this world. Has left me and has wandered away. I want you to know, friends, there are many people who've wandered away because they love the world. It's just the truth, isn't it? It's no point pretending. It's just the truth. Because their focus shifted from Christ and the focus went on to people or things. So many people have left the church because they're disappointed with other people from church. Come on, people of God. That's true, isn't it? Let's not pretend. We're not all perfect, are we? Trust me. But we, we shouldn't lose our faith over it. We shouldn't, we shouldn't walk away from following Jesus because somebody else lets us down. Because the truth is, when we do that, the Bible says, when we make ourselves judge over other people, we better make sure we never let, let people down. And there's not many of us can claim that. Absolutely. And so we have to come and say, you know what, Lord, I'm taking hold of who you are. Jesus watched the rich young ruler leave sad because he was distracted by his possessions and by what he had, and he couldn't leave them behind. People left Jesus when his teaching got hard. Do you remember? He turned to the 12 because it says, and people started to leave him, saying, this is hard. I know People think Christians follow Jesus because it's easy. Christians, man alive, it's not easy, is it? No, Dave, it's not. And all of a sudden, it says, Jesus turned to the 12, his chosen. He said to them, do you want to leave too? He said, let's get this out in the air. Are, are you really sticking with me? And they said, where else can we go? We understand, Lord, it's hard, but we're going to walk with you. See, we've got to take hold of the calling of Christ upon our lives. He said, from that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. We need to focus on him because 
it's so easy to get distracted. We need to focus on him, number two. We need to see what he's doing, number two, because we need strength for the journey. Because we need strength to keep going. Have you ever noticed you need some encouragement? We need strength for it. The Bible says, in, uh, and, and we read it this morning, uh, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We've got to fix our eyes on him and say, you know what? If Jesus went through what he went through to bring me salvation, I'm going to fix my eyes on him and not let my focus drift. I'm going to focus on him and find in him the strength that I need to complete the journey that I've started. Because sometimes the journey is tough. Hello. You ever found it? It's, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Lord, I, I wish it could be different. Lord, I wish you would change this. Lord, it seems that every obstacle is in my path today. But Lord, I see you, Lord Jesus, who for the joy set before you endured the cross. And therefore I say, God, I'm going to focus on you because you're the one who's going to get me through this. And all of a sudden we keep pressing on into the purposes of God as we take hold of him. You have to have a vision of Christ leading you through life if you want to live for him. I love that story on Luke 24 of the two on the road to Emmaus just after Jesus had been crucified. And as it says, they walked along, their faces downcast, and Jesus came and walked with them. And as he walked with them, he began to speak to them about life and about the circumstances and the situations that were going on. And he began to encourage them and say to them, you know what, there's a plan for you. There's a plan in all of this. You might not understand it, but God's working it out. And it says later on, the hearts began to burn within them because they understood that even though it wasn't what they wanted it to be, God still had a plan for their lives. And everything began to work out and move into God's plan and purpose. We need strength for the journey. We need to focus on him. We need to see what he is doing when he doesn't seem to be doing anything. Hello. See, we live in a very immediate age today. And we're not used to having to wait and having to persevere and having to struggle and having to believe and having to press through and having to say, Lord, even though I don't know what's going on here, I'm going to trust you for this. I'm going to believe for you. I'm not just going to believe for it, Lord. I'm going to hang on to it. I was reading Nehemiah this week, Nehemiah chapter 1. And I just love this verse when he, uh, Nehemiah walks around the city and he inspects the walls. And it's like Hannah was talking about today. He inspects the walls and they're broken down. Everything's, everything's just rubble and ash. And some of it's so bad he can't even get through. He has to go around because the walls of the city are broken and destroyed and the people have been neglected and everybody's just dispirited and disheartened and he gathers them together and he says this the God of heaven will give us success don't you love that yeah it's wonderful it's overwhelmingly beautiful friends the God of heaven is going to give us success in his work the God of heaven is going to give you success in your life. But you sometimes have to appropriate it and say, you know what, God? I believe you're going to change the situation. Lord, I believe that even whatever happens, Lord, your kingdom is going to come and your will is going to be done. And that's okay with me, Lord. I'm in. I'm looking for success. Aren't you looking for success today in your Christian life? I mean, are you really? I mean, I, I, I'm not saying, are you giving me a nice little nod on a Sunday morning? Is there something in you that says, yeah, Lord, I see something new. And if I don't see it yet, I want to see it. I'm ready for it, Lord. I'm believing that you see it. How many of you know God has something new to do in his kingdom in these days? He's got a plan and we need to start to look at it. Some of us need to expand our vision from this lowly uh, sense of, you know, stumbling through life about ourselves and start to see the Lord high and lifted up. 
The Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. The Lord, the savior of the world. The Lord, the deliverer of nations. The Lord, the one who sets people free. High and lifted up and say, Lord, help me to see what you want to do. Help me to go beyond where I am. I know, listen, where we are is important. But God comes, you know, I love it. He lifted me up out of the mire and the mud. And he put my feet on a rock. And then what did he do? Go, go and live your life. No, he said this. And then he put a song in my heart. A song of praise to God. See, something has to come out of that redemptive process. Something has to come out of that new life. We haven't been saved just to be in church. God, help us if that's the truth. We've been saved to be the people of God. We've been saved to be a force on the earth that changed this world. Come on. Why would we sell for less? Why would we just say, oh, isn't it great to be in church? Sometimes I want to blow my head off. Sorry, I've been here 15 years now. I'm past caring. I have. I just want to see God move, don't you? Come on, church. We need, to, we need to get some faith. We need to start to see. We need, you know, we need to see a new thing. I even felt in my spirit, everything that we've seen before, church, has to stop today. When Joe was saying it, it has to stop today. It's not the future. There is a different future that's coming. There is a different future that's coming. Do you not perceive it? You know, what are you looking for? Are you just looking for more of the same? Friends, it's not going to be more of the same. I tell you now, it's not. Things are going to change. God's going to do something. Can you not see it? Friends, I'm just looking at the minute going, I don't know what this is going to be, God, but we're going to have to have a bit of fun. Come on, where's the adventure in the church? Oh, dear me, Jesus, we've become boring as sin, haven't we? In fact, sin's more exciting. Come on, church. Don't, don't get religious on me. Honestly, we've got to start to get faith. We're meant to be the people of faith. We're meant to be people of presence. We're meant to be people who, who overflow with the love of God, who change society because we're here. Oh, I don't want to preach three sermons in one today. Listen, you need to focus on him because you need his strength to get you through. Thirdly, you need to focus on him because Jesus has the best plan for your life. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Has he got the best plan or not? Jesus has got the best plan for our lives. Friends, listen. If we think anybody else has the best plan, if you think someone else has a better plan than Jesus, go and follow him with your whole heart. For goodness sake, don't do this half-heartedly. Here's the deal, friends. Jesus would rather you went and did something with passion than followed him without passion. That's scary, isn't it? He would rather have You know, he turned to the 12 and he said, well, they've all left. What about you? He was willing to whittle the 12 down just to have people who really believed in him. See, how many of you know Jesus isn't bothered about most of the things we're bothered about? I know it's hard. I know life is tough, friends. I know that we're on a journey. I know there are people in our church today dealing with grief and sorrow. I know it, friends. I know there are people in situations that overwhelm them. I understand that. I'm not undermining or demeaning any of that. Please understand me. But I am saying to you that Jesus has the best plan for your life. Why will you live a different way? Why will you walk a different way? See, if we really believe that, church, we've got to change the way that we live. Ephesians 1, in him we were chosen, having been predestined, wow, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Wow, that's a verse, isn't it? In him, 
We were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Do you know what that says to me? That says that God still is in control of your life when you're totally out of control. That says that God has a plan even when you've given up. That says that God can work all things together for good for those who know him and love him and trust him for his will and purpose. Hallelujah. There should be some rejoicing in the house today because Jesus has the best plan for our lives. There should be some sense of that. Friends, I'm not talking about just, I don't want to whip it up. I want it to be real. I want it to count tomorrow when we go out of here. We're not in here all day, by the way. (laughs) I'll release you at three o'clock in the morning. We'll be fine until then. Come on. Listen, we need to follow, focus on him because his plan is right. Listen, friends, you know what? It's about surrendering to the Lord. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to destruction. Friends, you don't have to look far outside these doors to find that that's true. Just get on your BBC app and have a look, and you'll see it. It's destruction everywhere and chaos. And we're all going, oh, well, we just want to have freedom so that nobody gets hurt. Everybody's getting hurt. Everybody. Nation rising against nation. That's in the Bible. Wars and rumors of wars. That's in the Bible. Famine, plague and disease. That's in the Bible. Floods and earthquakes. That's in the Bible. Friends, we need Jesus to come back. There needs to be a hunger in the church for his kingdom like never before. Because we've lost, we've lost the revelation of his coming and we've given up. We've cast off restraint. We have church. I feel like an Old Testament prophet this morning, but it's true. Our focus has come on so many other things, but the truth is Jesus has the best plan for our lives. And the church has to believe that with everything it has, or else we shouldn't follow him. Jesus said, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. He said, you know what, I have a plan for your life and I, it is the best plan you can possibly live in. It's a plan to pursue the purposes of God. Will you follow me? Finally, <laughs> I'm a bit unraveled this morning. I don't really know what's going on. We need to focus on him because he's the only one worth following. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one else has said that, friends. No one else has uttered it. Friends, it's either true and it means everything or it's a lie and it means nothing. You have to decide. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's no one else worth following. No one else has the answer. No one else has spoken words like Jesus. No one else has provided a way that we might know God. No one else has made a way for our sin to be redeemed so that we can have life and hope in Jesus Christ and in the kingdom of God. It's him. Listen to what the book of Colossians says. The son is the image. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased 
to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Come on, that's not bad, is it? Friends, this is who Jesus is. And therefore we have to decide, you know what? He's the one I'm going to follow. He's the one I'm going to walk after. He's the one I'm going to pursue. He's the one I'm going to lead. Friends, if we believe that, why would we follow anybody else? we believe that why would we follow anything else why would we allow things to distract our lives if Jesus is Lord then we need to follow him if you don't think he's Lord don't follow him that's absolutely fine I've got no problem with that but if you believe he's Lord then don't follow him at a distance because when you follow at a distance things go wrong do you remember the story of Peter follow it at a distance it's kind of well I know who he is but I don't want to really be identified with him Miserable Christianity, that is. You need to say, you know what? I'm going to follow closely. I'm going to say, you know what? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Because Lord is with me. He is the only one worth following. The psalmist said, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord. Today, he would say, some trust in Apple, some in Google, but we trust in the name of the Lord. You know, people trust in so many things. Isn't it amazing where we put our trust? Amazing where people put their ambition and their trust. Friends, but if we believe Jesus is Lord today, why would we trust anything else? Why would we do it? Focus on him. He's the only one worth following C.S. Lewis said this about Jesus. He's either who he says he is or he's no one. He said he's either Lord or he's a liar or he's crazy. He said no crazy man lived like Jesus did. No liar has ever gone to the cross for something they believed in. So we believe he's Lord. And that his words speak life and hope to us. He's the only one worth following. Focus on him, church. Focus on him. Holy Spirit's been here this morning. Three times this word came. See, I'm doing a new thing. Do not perceive it. It's springing up. Friends, I tell you, God is going to do something new in these days. It doesn't matter what it is, to be honest. It just matters that we are willing to perceive it and to work with God. God's calling us back again to his purposes. It's a new day. But aren't you ready for change? I'm always ready for change, aren't you? You know what? We might just have a church meeting in a couple of weeks and talk about change. Talk about whatever God wants to do. Let's dream together. Some of you, are, you know, you're hearing the Lord. I tell you what. Ask the Lord to speak to you about change in your life and in the church. Email me. Come on. Let's write in. Let's dream together. Let's start to put it together. Come on, church. See, we're not living in the days. Honestly, we're not living in the days when the pastor has to set the vision for everybody. We're living in the days when the pastor equips the church for the work of ministry. Come on. What's the Lord dropping into your heart? What's the Lord speaking to you? What was the last time you had to pray over with sweat on your palms because you knew that God was asking you to do something and it was going to cost you something? When, when was it last, that feeling? 
Because you're going to live by faith. You're going to follow him. See, the truth is if you follow Jesus closely, you'll have to live by faith to do it. So what's the Lord saying to you? What's the spirit of the Lord stirring up in you? From what you've heard today, just from three different places, people, what's the Lord speaking into your life? How does it apply? What do you do with it? Do you not perceive it? You see, it's up to you to perceive it. The Lord speaks it, but you have to perceive it. Hello? So you've got to do something with the prophetic, haven't you? You can't just go, oh, well, that was a lovely word. Hallelujah, amen, let's all go home. You've got to perceive it. You've got to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? He who has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, listen. What that means is all of us have a responsibility today to listen, to hear what the Spirit is saying, and to say, God, what are you saying to me as I leave this place, as I go home? God, what is it you're speaking into my life? What is it that you know, collectively God is saying, but also what is it individually that God is saying? What's God trying to stir up in our lives? Because God is trying to do that, isn't he? Or is it just me? I think the first thing that needs to change is we need to have a bit more response. Say, Amen. Let's pray. Thanks, everybody, for being so sensitive this morning, flexible. Thanks, Dan, for willing to change and just be open. Holy Spirit is here. Spirit of God is just, it's great when people just respond to the prompting of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That what I really felt the Lord speaking, God had already spoken to Joe about and Hannah about. And it was just the right timing to bring it. Friends, let's be open to that prophetic word. You know, honestly, let's be open to make way for what the Lord wants to say. Listen, we won't get it right all the time. That's not the point. The point is we're just trying to listen to hear what God says to us. This is a safe place. Let's be sensitive to what the Lord's doing and what he's saying. But I really believe the Lord's asking some people here to just focus, to bring back their focus onto him this morning, to find strength for the journey, to believe that the plan that the Lord has is the best plan for your life. Maybe to deal with a distraction that's crept up in your life. So just before we close our service this morning, I just want to pray for those of you who just need to fix your focus on Jesus this morning. If that's you, you know it's you, then I just want you to stand where you are. Just respond to the Lord. We're not going to call anybody out. Listen, we're happy to pray with people after the service if the Lord's really wanting to deal with something. But just right now, if you need to get your, fix your focus again on him this morning, would you please stand with me just quickly before we close? It's not by might or by power, but by the spirit that lives are changed, that the kingdom of God comes. We are just servants of the Lord, but we need to focus on him. And so in Jesus' name, Lord, I just speak, Lord, over my brothers and sisters who are standing here, just, Lord, a fresh sense, Lord, of renewed focus upon you and your kingdom. Lord, forgive us, Lord, when we focus on so many other things and we get easily distracted. Help us to see clearly, Lord, your hand upon us, Lord, and your calling for our lives, Lord, as we walk through this world serving you, Lord, with whole hearts. 
We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. We thank you, Lord, as we gather, Lord, that there is an atmosphere of faith and openness to you, that you can bring your word to us and that you can confirm it, Lord, even through three people. Lord, just speaking, Lord. Lord, that word of God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you know us and you care for us. And so we receive your word in truth and in faith today. Lord, I ask you, Lord, just to bless, Lord, your people here. Lord, open their eyes afresh that they might see you. And Lord, that they might understand, Lord, Lord, the calling that you have upon their lives to serve you. And Lord, to change this world with your great love and your power, Lord, as we serve you. Lord, I bless each one of them, Lord, for just being prompted by you to respond today. I wonder, could everybody stand as we close, please? You know, I just believe it's an important morning for us as a church. It's funny because um, uh, last week, just as we were, uh, just the worship team were praying, um, someone in the worship team just shared a word just about how God was, he really felt that even from that specific time, God was just starting to rebuild the church just sat and weighed that and just said, okay, Lord, God's working among us. I just felt that that's, this is part of what that's about, that God wants to do a new thing. He wants there to be hunger in the house and openness for him. He wants there to be a focus on him. God's got a plan, and uh, we need to align ourselves with his plan, uh, what he wants to do. So, Father, we just thank you for being among us this morning. We thank you for the hope that you put in our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you, God, that you're for us, not against us. (laughs) Thank you, God, that when we mess it up and, Lord, miss it and fail, Lord, Lord, you're a voice of encouragement to us, Lord, not not a headmaster who tells us off. I thank you, God, that you care. I thank you that you are our good father. And, Lord, we just pray today, Lord, that you would seal your presence, Lord, what you've spoken to us, Lord, in the worship, Lord, in the Lord, the prophetic, Lord, in the word, Lord, in the prayers, Lord, of your saints. Lord, just seal your word into our hearts. Lord, help us to focus on you, Lord, as we follow you. Lord, in the good and the bad, in the encouraging, the discouraging, Lord, in the, uh, Lord, moments of great uh, sensitivity to your presence, and Lord, in the moments when we can't feel you at all. Lord, help us just to trust you and walk with you, uh, because we believe in Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We thank you that you are the way and the truth and the life. Go with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.